This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands. Tottenham 1, Liverpool 3, the Reds back to winning ways as Klopp's Kings humble Mourinho's men. I'm Guy Clark, welcome to the post-game podcast here on Blood Red as we react to Liverpool's 3-1 win down at Tottenham, another defensive injury and the goals returning. Coming up, Jurgen Klopp on the search for a centre-back after Joel Matip suffers ankle ligament damage. I'm not picky or whatever. I think I know he's never, but we need to find the right player. We have players still, not a lot. To be honest, in the defence line, it's incredible what's happening there. It's really incredible. The Echo's chief Liverpool writer, Ian Doyle, on the Reds, returning to winning ways. The rest of the Premier League will have recognised that. Results, Liverpool back in the top four. Uh, only three points behind second place, Manchester United. And our regular contributors have their say. This is why you don't write this Liverpool team off. And I hope this was a reminder to a lot of people that we are still pretty damn good. Insight, analysis and opinion all to come right here on the Post Game Podcast. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Well, the wait is over for Liverpool. They've got a Premier League goal. And not only have they got a Premier League goal, they've also got a Premier League victory. Their first since before Christmas when they won 7-0 at Crystal Palace. This time it was another profitable trip to the capital. They've won 3-1 at Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, it was a totally deserved victory as well. When you bear in mind that they suffered uh, the blow of losing Fabinho before the game, he couldn't start. He had a minor muscle problem. And that meant that Jordan Henderson had to play centre-back alongside Joel Matip. And then come the second half, Joel Matip wasn't there either. He went off, uh, he was struggling a bit towards the uh, half-time with, uh, it turned out to be ankle ligaments. And Jurgen Klopp said afterwards that, you know, it, it looks as though it could be serious. And it could be that Liverpool look to sign a centre-back before the transfer deadline on Monday. That's for a little bit later on for the, for the game itself. I mean, as I say, Liverpool were well worthy of their uh, three points. They scored three very good goals. The first one came... Just on the stroke of half-time, it was a good ball from uh, Henderson over the top to release Manny down the inside left channel. He put it across and Roberto Firmino uh, tapped in from a matter of yards. And as I say, that was the mo- that was the very least that Liverpool deserved after a first-half performance that was uh, light years ahead of what they've produced recently. Um, Firmino was the, the fulcrum. He loves playing against Tottenham. I think that's five goals now against Spurs. Of course, he scored the winner at Anfield uh, earlier in the season. I think it was only last month. Um, but from the very start, Liverpool took the game to Tottenham. Mane missed a good chance very early on, but Liverpool did, for the first time this season, in fact, benefit from a VAR that overturned a goal decision after Hoiming uh, uh, Son scored a goal for Tottenham. He was uh, a judge to be an offside area in the build-up. It was a very, very tight call. It was, the, it was the kind of call, actually, that's been going against Liverpool this season. Well, that's what the fans... Uh, you know, that's what the perspective is that the fans think that anyway. But it was a tight one, but it was probably just narrowly offside and... To be honest, after that, Tottenham didn't threaten that much in the in the first half. Liverpool built on it. Mane forced two shots, uh, two saves rather, from Hugo Lloris. And at half-time, they were worthy of the lead. And uh, that was Liverpool's first goal in the Premier League for 483 minutes. And only three minutes into the second half, they scored again. Uh, this time, it was a slight mistake from, from Lloris. Uh, it was actually a good play initially from James Milner. He won the ball high up the field, uh, pretty much like the second goal that Liverpool scored against Manchester United at the weekend. Miller winning the ball in a high position in the opposing half. It eventually came to Mane, he had a shot from the edge of the area, saved by Lloris, but he only pushed it out into the path of Trent Alexander-Arnold, who basically lashed it in with his right foot uh, into the bottom corner. Liverpool looked as though they were going to build from that, which 
would have helped considering that Matip, they'd lost Matip, Nat Phillips came on, he joined Jordan Henderson centre-back, but within a couple of minutes Tottenham pulled one back, uh, Pierre-Emile Hjoyberg, who was probably one of Tottenham's best players on the evening, he rattled one in from 22 yards, not much that Alison Becker could do about that one, but it didn't really change the course of the game, the pattern of the game, the way that the game went, and Liverpool, I mean, very harshly, I think, had a goal, very good goal from Mohamed Salah disallowed because uh, referee Martin Atkinson, who went over to the uh, went over to the the monitor, having been asked by VAR to assess that something happened in the build-up to that goal, Roberto Firmino handled it, which was that was undisputed, indisputable rather. The ball did hit his hand, but the reason he hit his hand is because Eric Dyer was fouling him. But the referee decided that hitting the hand was enough and disallowed the goal. But I think it was something like eight or nine minutes later, Trent Alexander-Arnold he uh, put a cross in from the right. Uh, Joe Rode on the top of centre back, he couldn't really deal with it, and by the time that he did, hit him on the chest, Sadio Mane had, Mane had got in front of him and just uh, rattled one in from very close range, so it was 3-1, and from that point on, Liverpool were always threatening on the counter-attack, Tottenham curiously looked tired, I mean, you have to say that they did lose Harry Kane at half-time, he seemed to suffer an ankle problem of his, of his own, he got caught certainly by Thiago with one challenge, and another one was, uh, funny enough, it was going with Matip, with, with a header that he uh, seemed to land awkwardly, I think it was, so... That was a blow for Tottenham, but in truth, they didn't seem to really get going. They're very limited. Yeah, they threw on Gareth Bale towards the end, and I'm not sure he touched the ball more than about two or three times. When you consider, pretty sure the last time he played Liverpool, he scored a couple of goals. Uh, you might remember that game. Uh, but you know, overall, Jurgen Klopp, as he said afterwards, he said this was more like the Liverpool he knows. He recognised Liverpool, and the fact is, the rest of the Premier League will have recognised that results. Liverpool back in the top four. Uh, only three points behind second place Manchester United now, or champions elect Manchester United as they were until you know, a couple of days ago. So, as the results went for Liverpool's way, on, certainly on Wednesday, and they were able to capitalise on, regardless of whether those results had gone for them or not, this was a massive win. They needed it, so as I say, it's the first one since the Palace game. It was an away win, which is they've been quite rare this season. But it was another win against uh, one of the main rivals, and Liverpool is still top of that you know, that mini-league, as it were, of the uh, supposed top six. Uh, Tottenham actually in second place in that, but they were well beaten, and Jose Mourinho, I don't even think he tried to put up any kind of argument otherwise. But, uh, as I say, Liverpool, the main negative there is obviously the injuries for Fabinho and Matip. Matip appears to be the more serious one, and it'll be interesting to see whether Jurgen Klopp uh, makes a move for a centre-back before Monday, Monday night. I mean, I'd be amazed if... Uh, they're in for the West Ham game on Sunday, but as I say, we'll wait and see. But for now, Liverpool back on track and back in the top four. Ian Doyle down at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium for the Echo as Liverpool get back to winning ways in the Premier League. A big win ahead of the visit to West Ham to come at the weekend, but a blow for the Reds with Joel Matip forced off at half-time with ankle ligament damage while Fabinho missed out entirely against Tottenham. 11 different defensive pairings starting just 20 Premier League games then this season. Far from ideal for Jurgen Klopp. Here he is though talking centre-backs, goals and getting back to winning ways in his post-match press conference. Well done tonight Jurgen. Uh, first of all, what, re- what really clicked for you tonight? Sorry, what? What really clicked for you? We've talked about in the past that things not quite clicking at the moment. What clicked tonight? Yeah, obviously the decision in the last moment. So we, we, we just kept going. We had a, a big, big chance very early with a wonderful 
uh, wonderful play and Sadio in a really good position. Missed the chance. I think pretty much the next situation, if I'm right, was the goal Tottenham scored. That was the moment when <laughs> you uh, think, oh, here we go again. Um, but then offside um, didn't count. And um, so the boys just played a really good game. It's uh, this situation in, in mind, like their counter-attack when, when Son scored, makes it really tricky to keep the ball and pass the ball in the right moment. Because you have to, in a specific moment, you have to increase the risk. And we did that tonight, made great runs, scored obviously the first goal in a perfect moment, pretty much um, like 45.30 or something like that. Um, scored a goal, could go in the, in the, in the, in halftime in the dressing room. Uh, got aware of um, the struggle of Joel Matip um, yeah, with his ankle, so no chance to, to play on. And um, so... Then we tried to to tell the boys what they what that it would make sense to do a couple of things again. They did and fought really hard, made a proper proper fight of it the whole night, and I'm really happy about that. And played football, so good game, deserved win, um, good. Just with that injury to Joel and also the injury to Fabinho as well, do those injuries give you further cause to at least try and do something? to reinforce that back line before the deadline. You can imagine that we think about everything. Of course, we, we, we constantly, actually, we, we, we thought the whole time, we think the whole time, it's about doing the right thing. It's not, I'm not picky or whatever. I think, I know he's never, but we need to find the right player. We have players still, not a lot, to be honest, in the defense line. It's incredible what's happening there. It's really incredible. Um, but, yeah, that's it. Okay, Paul Joyce, but then we have no more hands up, so I don't know if people want to use that facility and we'll uh, come to you, but Paul first. Yeah, and you mentioned to, tell, to, to TV that you recognised the team again today. That, that was Liverpool, I think he said. It was a very brave performance to come and play like that. Does that come from yeah. the players? Or from, from you? To, do you have to coax that back into them after the recent run? <laughs> I don't, I don't know if I if I can do that. Then I, what I said before, I'm, then I'm really responsible for all the not so good performances. <laughs> Definitely, it's always a mix. It's always a mix, and um, that the boys want to do well is clear. That we as coaches have to tell them uh, what they have to do together in specific moments is clear as well. So um, I'm completely happy about the performance. And yes, it's about the boys. They did really. They did, they they put a proper shift in. The, 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 the tricky stuff is how you saw, thankfully, that it was a brave performance. And in a game against a counter-attacking monster, what they are, um, is makes it even more special. So far tonight, it was really good. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Then we'll go to uh, David Anderson from the Mirror. And then I think uh, we've got yeah, David Anderson, then Joe Prince-Wright. Uh, Jürgen, I don't know what you feel, but it felt like a really big moment tonight, not just to win, but the performance, the goals everything about it really the control of the game yeah it was good it was good it was necessary as well to be honest. <laughs> it was a good moment to to show a little bit up and um we're still here so that's good to know and um so now we go home anyway and come back in a few hours to play West Ham. <laughs> okay joe prince right and that's the final hand up as it stands joe Jürgen, two quick questions. First on Thiago, um, obviously took a whack to the head and this seemed to be a game where he really dominated and helped you 
take a control of the game? And secondly, did you do anything different at all this week about finishing and about that final touch or final pass in the box to help your players out? <laughs> Very nice. Of course we do that. Uh, what do we think what we are doing? We're just running in training or what? Now, of course, we try to help them. We played today a slightly different position, uh, worked together with Millie and, and Ginny on six really well. Um, that um, was a, a, a proper, proper performance. I know that Thiago can much better than tonight, but it's just uh, it was an important step for all of us. And um, the situation for Thiago was not easy. Eh? So he came to Liverpool late, then ill, then injured, and then playing immediately on a very decisive position. So we thought for tonight it may, might make sense to play him slightly um, higher on the pitch. Fantastic. And... Uh... Finally, Paul Joyce, I think we need to go back to Paul. I think you saw you had a second question, Paul, and I, I put you on mute, yeah. so just to finish. Yeah, again, could you just clarify uh, Joel's injury? Joel Matip's injury? Ankle ligament. Jürgen Klopp speaking with the media following the 3-1 win down at Tottenham. Loads to come still here on the post-game podcast, so let's crack on. First of our regular contributors is Alex Watt. Football is fun again. Felt good to be back. Um, this is the Liverpool we remember. Great performance tonight. And to think back to before the game, when I saw Fabinho was out with that muscle injury, when I thought I might cry at that point, to be honest, it felt like we were about three weeks away from Sadio Mane starting in defence. But to be fair, having Henderson back and playing there was no bad thing. Him and Matip were... A real quality partnership tonight, I thought, for 45 minutes. I really hope Matip is not injured again. Um, and it was just a precaution to bring Phillips on for him. But Phillips and Henderson operated very nicely as well. Um, that aside, I loved the lineup tonight. You know, James Milner coming in as he probably always should when we're in bad form because of the type of player he is. But also having both him and Ginny in there freed Thiago up to be the most attacking of the three for a lot of the game and really get forward, which straight away made us more direct tonight, I think. Um, wild start to the game. Obviously, I actually celebrated a VAR decision, which might be a first. We we definitely got away with, the, with one there on the Son offside because the worst thing that can happen is going 1-0 down within a few minutes to a Jose Mourinho side because we know what they would have done and we know how difficult Liverpool were finding it in recent games to break down those types of defensive units and Spurs with a back three there could have been an issue but... Far made sure to annoy me again by the end of the game, though, with that ludicrous handball against Bobby while he was literally being fouled by Dyer. But we'll always have that moment where VAR actually went in our favour for once this season. Um, the back three from Jose was an interesting choice, I thought, because it meant they had less players in midfield um, and Liverpool obviously exploited that. It was... It was a bold move to give even an out-of-form Liverpool side an advantage in midfield. And I think Mourinho got it wrong there because players like Thiago, Wijnaldum, Milner, giving up a man against them is a bit foolhardy in my opinion because they've always got the potential to dominate you and that's exactly what they did. And the performance itself, Liverpool looked so much more positive, so much more direct here. We were moving the ball quicker. We were creating chances more freely than in recent weeks. Obviously, we were scoring goals again, which was nice. But 
the incisive passes to split the defence were, were back with a vengeance. And, and that was the big thing, was the performance was fun again, fun to watch. It wasn't dull. And, you know, Bobby Firmino was in his element today. Spurs were not getting close enough to him. So he'll drop in that space and he'll turn and he'll make those passes to Sadio Mane and Mo Salah all day if you allow him to. But then it actually ended up being Mane to Firmino that ended up getting the opener. It actually caught me by surprise because it's been so long since we scored in the league. Um, and then the floodgates kind of opened in a way. You know, Trent got the second. He was phenomenal today as well. You know, he's he's coming for some criticism this season, I think a bit ridiculously, but he was back at his best today. You know, he was coming inside rather than hugging the right flank, you know, as he has been in the last few games where he's just been right on that right side, whipping cross after crossing with no real plan, it's felt like. But today it was his passing was back to its best. He had the whole range of passing, deservedly got man of the match, deserved the goal. And the performance, we just looked exciting again. And that's been the worst part of the last few league performances for me. And I imagine for a lot of Reds fans as well, is how dull we've looked. Which, you know, even when we've lost in the past it's a, it's a it's a it's a former experience um it's an unfamiliar experience but when we lost it would always be we'd play in an exciting way and it's been very dull the last few games which just isn't how Liverpool do it under Klopp it's been a very bizarre experience so it was lovely to see us back at it today and then Sadio Mane's winner was the most catharsis I've felt all year, probably. You know, so timely, the way he smashed it in right after that ridiculous VAR decision. And yeah, th this is why you don't write this Liverpool team off. And I hope this was a reminder to a lot of people that we are still pretty damn good on our day. And we just need to keep this momentum going now and not fall into the bad habits we saw after the Palace game, where we became very predictable. Um you know, the optimist in me hopes that this is the bad run out of the way now and this is Liverpool back in their groove because it certainly looked that way tonight. Um, so, yeah, cheers. Here's to another result against West Ham on Sunday, hopefully. Let's keep the momentum going. Cheers. Up the Reds. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. It's Ross from Witness with his thoughts on the Tottenham v Liverpool game. Wonderful 3-1 victory and finally we've got the the win in 2021. Started off a bit frantic. Uh, Mane's missed a chance very early doors, first minute or so. Her son's gone right on the counter-attack, about three passes and, you know, Tottenham have scored. And you think, oh, you, you're thinking, oh, here we go again. But we've been saved by VAR on this occasion. We it was looked far too easy for Liverpool to be carved open there, and we were very lucky. Um, we were saved. It was literally by an inch or so that he was offside. Would have been furious if it was at the other end, but we've got away with one there, and VAR has actually saved us for one. So we got away with it. As the half continued, the thought Liverpool were excellent in that first half. Totally dominated the game. Dominated possession. Totally bossed the midfield. As you could see, the the tactics seemed to be wrong from Tottenham in the midfield, which they did change in the second half. We just we just dominated that midfield ball really, and a lot less a lot less aimless 
uh, punts and crosses into the box, which has been a big problem for Liverpool in the last, you know, four or five, six games, whatever it's been, this bad, this bad run we've been on. A lot more probing stuff, a lot more patience, and I think that's what's been needed. That's what that's what we were built on. That's what got us is where we where we have been with clever little balls and side to side, find the gaps. And that's what we did. And I thought Thiago pulled the strings there. A little bit further forward he played today in that midfield. I think that was a big, big help. The front three were really lively for me, you know, excellent. You know, when he's on form, Liverpool are on form really, he makes it all tick and Mane was a constant threat. Several chances in that first half. A couple of good saves by their keeper. Salah as well. Also a real threat. And yeah, just all good really. And we got the breakthrough in stoppage time in that first half. Totally deserved. It was a long ball from Endo, which got in the back of them to Mane. Great ball over from Mane. And Firmino's got a tap in there. And yeah, like I say, totally deserved. And we're going in 1-0 one, one up and it's a great, great half. Second half, uh, Matt Joel, Joel Matip's obviously gone off injured. Not sure what the problem is there, but it's a constant problem with Joel Matip really, this injury and his worrying going forward. But Nat Phillips got his chance there in that second half. Didn't have tons to do, but everything he'd done was right. He was positionally, he was good, so that would have done him really well there. 45 minutes for Nat Phillips, he's going to be called on. I think in the next few games after the poor run of Williams in the last few games. So I think Nat Phillips has probably gone a little bit up the pecking order there. But yeah, second half started again frantically. Salah should have scored within the first 20 seconds. And then within a minute or so, we've gone sooner up. Trent's got on the end of a rebound. And yeah, excellent finish. And you think we're going to coast on to victory there. But within two minutes, it was three minutes, an absolute wonder strike. Hoybergs put them 2-1 up, 2-1 uh, back into the game. Totally against the run of play. And you're a little bit worried at that point, but there was absolutely no need to be worried. They didn't do anything in that second half, Tottenham. That's all they had, that wonder strike. Didn't have the ball. Liverpool were wonderful, I thought. Salah had one disallowed for VAR. A bit controversially for handball in the build-up. Bit harsh, really, but... In the end, it didn't really matter. Mane's got the the third goal and put the game to bed. And it's game over. And like I say, everyone in the Liverpool shirt was excellent today. Really, really enjoyable watch. Finally got a few goals and you've got to really think now we can go on a run. A lot of tough games coming up, but that is what we needed. On the Liverpool side, like I say, Firmino, brilliant, excellent. Involved in all the good stuff we've done. Really good to see Trent have a good game. He's really struggled. Last few weeks, months probably, of a form. He was a lot, lot better with his passing. There was none of that silly, aimless whipping the ball into the box to no one. A lot more considered and a lot more thought. And deserved his goal as well. I thought he was great. Also... I will mention Endo at centre-back. It's something I've been pretty vocal on. I really don't like seeing Endo at centre-back because I think it's a huge, huge waste of his talent. But I thought Jordan Henderson was absolutely fantastic there tonight. I'm not going to eat my words because I still think he's he's wasted in the centre-back position. But if he's going to do a job like that for us the rest of the season, that's what he might have to do because there's no sign of anyone coming in. Like I say, 
brilliant, controlled the game. You can hear his talking, you know, even on the pitch, coming through the cell, you can hear the talking. He's constantly yapping, organising, encouraging. You could hear him encouraging Nat Phillips a lot in that second half, getting him in position. And he's just a wonderful captain, a wonderful example to any footballer. And if that's where he's got to play for the rest of the season, so be it. But brilliant. And all in all, I'm really, really happy. It's been nice to enjoy the game there. A few goals and I can't wait for the next game. Now we're right back in the mix. Anyone that's written us off at this stage, the, the league is so so up and down at the minute. Any, everyone's beating everyone. and It's just a case of staying in the game. There's only half the season's gone, so... We've got yeah, we've got a crucial run of games now. It's West Ham at the weekend, and then I think Brighton midweek, then Leicester City. It's it, it is a, a tough run of games, but if we can if we can get on a run of three or four wins out of out of the next five or six games, we're going to be right in the mix. City are the only ones you got to worry about. You don't want to get too much of a gap, but we'll we'll worry about that when it comes to it. Next game, let's get three points. Let's get a run going. Never doubted you, Liverpool. I've always stayed positive, even through this run. Come on, Liverpool! Lauren Black here to give my thoughts after Liverpool get back to winning ways with a win away at Tottenham tonight. Um, it was a much, much better performance from Liverpool this evening compared to what we have been seeing recently from the team. Um, obviously, going through a little bit of a blip at such a crucial stage in the season isn't always best, but... We seem to have put that right tonight and you know, with a decent performance against Man United at the weekend too. Um I think Trent Alexander Arnold looked like a different person this evening. Um he seems to have gained a little bit more confidence back recently and his performance tonight will only add to that. It was a great finish to to get our second goal on the board and some lovely passing to set up other goals and you know, just I think his all round play tonight he just looked he looked more confident. Um, which is really good to see and what, what you want to be seeing. Um, a midfield three of Thiago, Wijnaldum and James Milner was great too. Milner put in quite the shift tonight. Um, and for a 35-year-old man, he's putting a lot of those youngsters on the pitch next to him to shame. Um, he was flying into tackles. He was in the right place at the right time. Sometimes he was the furthest, furthest player forward as well, getting himself into some good positions. So, yeah, it's really great to have him here and on the pitch in some really crucial games like tonight. Um, Genie was dominating certain, certain parts of the game and being a real presence. And then Thiago just makes passing look like second nature to him, which you know we probably should be used to now, but I don't think we're ever going to be used to just seeing um, Caelan back heel passes and all kinds. So, yeah, it was really lovely to see. Um, forward lines seem to be playing them much better together as well. Um, really happy for Roberto Firmino tonight. Similar to Trent, he seemed to have, you know, had a little bit more confidence about him tonight and he topped it off with a goal that will do him the world of good going forward. Um, and obviously, you know, he loves a good goal against Spurs as well. Uh, Mo Salah was unlucky, unlucky not to get his goal to make it 14 in the league, but... You know, thin margins nowadays in games. You never quite you know. You can never really celebrate a goal until VAR's had its checks. Um, some will say it's harsh. Some will some will agree with it. I suppose you can see why it's been given. But you know, you've seen other people get away with that as well this season. But it's it you know it it it's good that it didn't really harm us and harm the win. Um, Sadio Mane again. I thought, you know, it just wasn't going to be his night tonight with some of the chances that he missed in the first half, early on especially. Um, 
his goal tonight was probably one of the harder chances he had and yet he made it look really simple with a great finish so yeah an all-around solid team performance tonight I think still a few little kinks to iron out um but that win will be huge a confidence boost and morale boost for the entire squad and, and fingers crossed it puts us in good spirits for an important fixture period ahead um, I just want to single out Jordan Henson for a minute. I thought he was superb at the back tonight. Obviously missed out um, with, with injury the other day. And it was, you know, a question of whether he'll be fit tonight. But obviously coming back in, starting centre-back with Fabinho missing. Obviously have a massive alongside him. He was a recognised centre-back for him. Then to go off for half-time um, is an ideal. But, you know, he's making a very unnatural position look natural for him. And it you know, it kind of doesn't surprise me at this point either. I think you can put him anywhere and he'll he'll do a job for you. He's sort of turned into like that James Milner type of player where you can probably put him in goal and one game he'll still put a shift in. Um, You know, obviously relying on our, our two best midfield partnership, playing at centre-back together going forward. Obviously, we don't know the extent of Fabinho's injury. You know, it's, it's really important that, you know, we keep Henderson fit, we manage his minutes and we try and get the best out of him in these next couple of games. Um, but yeah, really impressed with him tonight. Uh, West Ham up next, an informed West Ham. So it'll be a, a, a tough game on Sunday and a, and a quick turnaround for us as well to sort of recover. Um, it looked like there was a few tired legs towards the end there, but it's important we recover well and get ready for a very important period of games. Lauren and Ross with their views on the win at Tottenham and ahead of what does look like a tricky run of fixtures to come, starting, of course, against West Ham. Well, Mark Baker and Hannah Pinnock both still to have their say here on postgame. But as ever, let's jump into the Blood Red podcast Facebook group now, where MJ Linane writes, well, that was well needed. Have to say, I thought Bobby was bang at it, won every ball played up to him and laid off some nice balls. Thank God Trent was back to his former self. You'll never walk alone. We always do it the hard way. Please just get some sort of centre-back in as cover. Mark Donoghue, though, writes, let's stop going on about temporary short-term centre-back purchases. Those available are either too expensive or no better than the backup options we have. We played Spurs tonight, one of the better counter-attacking teams, and I never once thought we looked dodgy at centre-back. I hope Matip is not injured, but I thought Phillips was magnificent. James Lemon says, Trent, Hendo and Milner put some shift in tonight, in my opinion. That's a boost for the Redmen. Also keeps the Boo Boys at bay for a week or two. You'll never walk alone. Hashtag champions. Jay Dodd says, we have to make a centre-half and Genie's contract a priority. Great to be back on song. Excellent all-round tonight. Trent getting back to his best. And a special mention to the machine that is James Milner. A real role model to any young pros. And finally, Agbor Steve Mezzo writes, finally, the storm is over. You'll never walk alone. Well, for more from the Blood Red podcast Facebook group, Go to Facebook and search for Blood Red or just follow the link in the description of the podcast. Well, a couple more thoughts to hear from here still on the postgame podcast. Mark Baker with the final say following on from Hannah Pinnock. It feels so good to sit here and finally talk about a Liverpool win um, and finally have some Premier League goals to talk about. Um, Very open opening few minutes. Obviously, Sadio has his chance that he misses um, and he'll be absolutely relieved that, that Son's goal got ruled out 
Um, obviously, moments later, Spurs think they're in the lead. Um, it, the offside's a difficult one um, because I know for a fact that if that had gone against us, I would have been absolutely livid. We've been there this season where someone's toenail has meant it's offside and it's just... I mean, for consistency's sake, and I, I, you know, I tweeted that earlier that you know, I was relieved that it got ruled out because by the letter of the law, he was offside. But the rule in itself and the fact that that we're talking about goals like that, that are that marginal being offside um, infuriates me. Um, but obviously for once, <laughs> VAR helps us out. Um, and to be 1-0 up at half time was so important. And the, the relief in Klopp's face... Um, when that goal went in, I think I could say the same for every Liverpool fan on the planet because we needed that. Um, and obviously it gives us a boost and it sort of changes the dynamic of the game. Um, and then second half for Trent to get his goal. I mean, Trent, I mean, BT Sport gave him man of the match, but absolutely rightfully so because I thought Trent was brilliant. I think, I think the the dynamic of the game sort of played into our favour obviously I think there's a reason why we tend to play better against teams like Spurs and in some ways Manchester City um, when we're at it um, because obviously they come at us and that leaves space whereas we you know it's against low block sides that we struggle immensely against and have done for a while so I'm a little bit worried about West Ham and Brighton but um we'll see <laughs> obviously Hoiberg gets his goal and I mean a fantastic finish I don't think Alisson could have got to that I, I, not even think he absolutely could not have got to that but then obviously I mean we have our goal ruled out but then we get the goal nonetheless and Sadio finally <laughs> finally finishes something off it was good to see a celebration as well but as happy as I am to get the win and as much as I think we needed that I can't escape the fact that we need to sign a centre half. Obviously, when we don't see Fabinho in the lineup, I'm fuming. And then to see Matip go off at half time just cements it even further. It it's so frustrating. We should have signed a centre back on January first. You know, we've known about Van Dijk and Gomez's injuries since almost the beginning of the season. So the fact that we're three days away from the window closing and we haven't signed a centre-back, Fabinho's out with a, albeit minor injury, hopefully it's minor, and now Matip's out with a problem, God knows what, God knows how long for. Um, so we currently have no centre-backs unless you want to turn to academy players and you know in that Phillips's defense he came on and had a very good half um he was solid but you know we can't rely on that and we really shouldn't be relying on Fabinho I mean the whole defensive crisis this season has affected our entire game it affects the fullbacks getting forward it affects our midfield you know they're not I think our whole play has become a lot more cautious because of a fear of giving the ball away and obviously we've we now sit a lot deeper than we normally would so each phase of play is affected in that respect so 
it is frustrating. I mean, we're not going to be back to, I don't want to say our normal selves, but, you know, the sort of football that we're used to us playing until effectively Van Dijk and Gomez are back. Or we have a centre-half that is a lot, you know, fits in with our style of play. But right now, we just need experience. We, You know, we just need someone that can come in and do the basics to a very good standard. And like I said, we should have signed that on January 1st but we didn't um, and it's clear that Klopp wants a centre-half I think if, if Klopp has sort of you know made it clear that it is what it is you know we've tried and we haven't been able to find something that is reasonable and, and what we need but it almost seems like from what Klopp said that we haven't really tried I mean not ideal and we are in a dogfight for top four which we are in great risk of missing out on the implications of missing out on top four will be far more detrimental than a short-term fix at centre-half so it's a frustrating one and I'm curious to see if we do actually end up acting um in the last few days of the window but I wouldn't I wouldn't put my money on it but I mean on to West Ham and hopefully Hopefully we'll have some form of centre-half. Hopefully that's Fabinho or Matip, but who knows at this point. <laughs> so it is what it is. Mark Baker reflecting on Tottenham Hotspur versus Liverpool in the Premier League. A game in which Liverpool performed excellently and it felt and obviously a brilliant result for the club and one much needed. I felt Roberto Firmino was the outstanding player on the field. His ability to play in tight areas and combine midfield to attack was the platform to, for Liverpool to go on and win the game. But I also felt Gini Van Alden at the base of the midfield was outstanding. And a really interesting move from Liverpool to, to move Van Alden in Thiago's position, play Thiago as an interior, either side of the, the deepest player. And a position that Thiago played in his, his younger years at Barcelona and I believe that there's a lot of factors with Thiago at the moment I mean he's going to get better and better as the games go on he's that good but obviously coming back from an injury trying to get his fitness coming into a new league and at times when the ball's been turned over by the opposition Liverpool have struggled to stop counter attacks or be less vulnerable to be played through just on occasions not massively but it has been a factor and Thiago is not a player whose mobility is his biggest strength and playing as that single deepest player and having to cover more ground can sometimes leave the team a little bit exposed from early Evans. Now, obviously, Thiago's enjoyed great success in the latter years of Bayern playing as a two in midfield, offering him that greater protection and a player alongside him with legs. And obviously, when you think about Van Alden playing as the deepest player, think about all his best traits. He's outstanding out of possession, great tactical intelligence without the ball, able to stop break passing lanes, balances the team off perfectly and on a physical level, his physical capacity is such that he's so adept at covering ground and filling gaps for the side that it does mean they're a lot more secure. Now, Liverpool's position as a side, I felt, was was much better than excellence overall. But I feel, I also believe that Wijnaldum in that position just provided the perfect shield. And obviously what it does as well is it allows Thiago to get slightly higher where he can potentially find find a pass. He's not a player who will find the final pass, 
but he is a player who can break lines with passing. And if that's a little bit higher, it can make a difference. One criticism from Ryan Alderman, he's a fantastic player, very economical in possession and brilliant at cheating the ball, but he doesn't offer you much in an attacking sense if he's playing as one of them number eight sort of interiors. So it might be something we'll look to see more and actually give Liverpool a slightly better balance in that midfield. Believe that the game showed up the difference in the two coaches. I mean, at elite level now, the the best coaches and Klopp and Guardiola and doubt are in the Premier League, the two outstanding coaches. And what makes them outstanding is their ability to coach attacking functions of play, to have or manage a team to be able to replicate attacking movements and combinations in the final third on a regular basis that allow the team to not rely on individual brilliance as Mourinho's does seems to rely on the individual and Liverpool's relies on a belief in the system and a belief in cohesion in the final third and that's why they are the two elite managers in Liverpool and Manchester City are by far the best teams in the division the best coach teams and have the best players not just do my eyes tell me that, but also the, the metrics, the statistics show that Liverpool and Manchester City head in pretty much every avenue in terms of territorial domination, final third um, percentages. But obviously the big factor for Liverpool is, and probably why they won't challenge for the league this season, and Manchester City will win it comfortably, is the fact of, obviously, the position at centre-half, which has not been helped today by John Matip again going off injured. Now... I actually feel Nat Phillips has done well in all the games he's played for Liverpool. I think he's put in some really good performances, but there's obviously deficiencies there. I mean, Klopp sees him on a day-to-day basis as it decides to go with Rhys Williams, who's a player who lacks experience, mobility. So there's definitely, and we, we're not privy to seeing the players on a day-to-day basis. And so in, in that sense, you've got, you've got to believe that there's concerns about Phillips' ability to play at the level. Now, the one thing I can't have, though, is the fact of this idea that Liverpool and the management and the club as a whole are not spending every day looking at this issue, having conversations about it and see if they can move to, to address the situation. I mean, it's absolutely nonsensical that that would be the case. One of the biggest sporting institutions in the world, uh, a club and an, an ownership who rely on the generated finances from the Champions League and all that that brings and you think of even the knock-on effect. If they weren't to qualify for the Champions League, the knock-on effect they'd have in terms of player recruitment, being able to attract the biggest players, renew contracts. And ultimately, if Liverpool are less a team, that means they'll have a lesser financial income. So it doesn't make sense. Liverpool will be doing all they can in terms of looking into avenues. I mean, there's a lot of factors at stake, obviously, as well. There's the COVID situation. There's the fact that they couldn't replace players like you know some of the players who they probably wanted to offload in the summer for, for good prices was then stopped by the pandemic and the clubs are unable to bid for them players. Liverpool have got a situation in terms of the number of European players, I think, in the squad as well. So there's a lot going on. And also, you know, you have to believe that there's a situation where these players have got to be good enough to play for Liverpool. I mean, I, I hear a lot about Liverpool have got to sign a centre-half, but not too many identifying these players. And I know it's not our job, that's people at the clubs to identify these players across the world and they'll have all them scouting reports, they'll know exactly some of the people who fit the profile in terms of athletically on the ball they'll know the targets they may have already have had a target lined up for next summer, ready to come in and that's a factor in the thinking But and you've also got to think to yourself you know, 
what what player at that elite level is who's got the profile to play for Liverpool is available, not playing in the Champions League? Why would the club want to sell them to Liverpool at this moment in time? If they did, they'd have Liverpool um, in, in a situation where they know they could offer or ask for any money that they possibly could. So a lot of factors, and ultimately they've got to be better than players who currently play in the position. I mean, are they better than Fabinho and Henderson? And I know you've got to think to yourself, well, they're not going to affect it as the midfield. But they will be looking to address this and having conversations about it on a daily, daily basis. And it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next few weeks, because obviously it's a massive problem. Liverpool will be exposed, especially now with Matip injured. But I just wanted to say that I can't, into the idea that you know it's just um, a case that the owners won't spend money because ultimately it's going to be impacting financially down the line and the next few weeks will be very interesting. Mark Baker following on from Hannah here on post game as the Reds rediscover their scoring touch. The Blood Red podcast will be with you on Friday afternoon as the games keep coming. West Ham up next for Liverpool, but first Jurgen Klopp and Michael Edwards in need of hammering down a centre back option in the transfer window. You've been listening to the Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.